Well, good morning. Isn't it good to start off the morning like this? Wouldn't you wish you could do it every single day? I just wish we could do that. We can, who would gather for church every, every morning just to get a pep start to go? Go on for the day. Wouldn't that be awesome if we, well, if we all were neighbors in the same community? Wouldn't that be cool? To, we'd gather in one house, we'd give Jesus praise and walk out all fired up. Sometimes we need that, don't we? How many people know that you need each other? People say, I declare today that I need the children of God around me. You can make that decoration today. I don't only need, well, some people say, well, I need me. No. I need folks around. I need Jesus first and all of you around me. That makes me a better person. My wife is still working on me. There's some areas in my life that's just not there yet. I'm still working. <laughs> and, and she's working on me. She's going, she's patient. And so I'm glad of that. And, and so here's our verse for our, our series called Freedom and in victory, we have First uh, John 5, 4, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world is what? Our faith. Our faith. And then what I did this week is I went into, I was reading God's Word. And there's just so much in the Word of God. I just enjoy it so much. Freedom to love. Now, this topic is a big topic, isn't it? This topic I want to stow, I'm going to slow down a little bit, and I'm going to take some time in this topic of love and uh, share that with you. Would that be all right? Would that be all right with you all folks? You're good, fine folks. Will you keep me around for another couple more weeks to, to help you with this topic? Okay, good. I have one person say yes. The rest of you, I don't know what you're going to do with me, but I hope you're not going to throw me out. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. Love covers all sin. Now, that seems to be a pretty big topic. Now, covers. Who sleeps a lot of covers on at night? Anybody here? Just, just like my son last night, I caught him in his room. He, is he here to defend himself? No, good. I'm going to nail him right now. He, I, I went into his room. I saw the light on. And so I go walking and going, what? And I hear him listening to the word of God. I say, yes, the word of God. Get in there. Do some work here. I love that. And then I, th I think he was sleeping, though. But it's okay. The word sometimes can get you a place of, you know, mm-hmm. And so, and then he's got the fan on, and he's got his heater on. I'm like, fan and heater. And he's all curled up in his blanket. I'm like, heater and fan? Heater and fan. So I'm, I'm, I get him up. He wakes up. He looks over at me. He said, hey. And I said, hey, what you, what's up? What? You got a heater on over here, blasting out heat, and you got your fan on. He says, I want the heat on to circ and I want to circulate it around the room. <laughs> and and I said, Okay, good. Okay, now that it's hot, it's but you're all curled up in your blanket. And and so then he said, as I'm leaving, I'll turn the heat off and I'm leaving. He says, Well, leave the fan on. I said, if I just leave the fan on, it's gonna get cold in here with the breeze. Well, that's what I want. I said, no, you said you just want to, you know what I'm saying. So we had a little, a little discussion. But the blanket, the blanket was the whole thing. Like, I'm okay with a blanket. Anybody here comes up in bed with a blanket and you're like, you just love that. And you're like a little breeze in the face and, and a blanket. You're like, oh, and that good stuff. Well, my wife doesn't let me have any breeze in the room. So I, I can't, I don't know what that's like. I'm just throwing all covers off trying to breathe. But, but anyway, we're two different temperatures. So let me see the hands of those who like the blanket thing. What, would it be uncomfortable for you if you didn't have the blanket? You, you can't get sleep 
without the blanket. Is that right? So when you're laying there, you, you, you reach for that. It's like, okay, I'm not going to fall asleep until I mm -hmm, cuddle in, get it all wrapped around you, right? And then you're like, oh, nice and toasty warm. Have you ever just tried sleep without it? And you just got the sheet? What's, what's wrong with that? Some people say that ain't going to work, right? Guys, now let, the ladies have been talking. Guys, tell me, are you, uh, did you sleep with a blanket on? Fans, fans. It's like, why don't you turn the fan off? But this is my wife has got three of these on, and I've got the sheet. I'm like, <sighs> blankets. H how do we cover over sin? How are, we, how are we able to literally cover that you cannot see anymore? Does anybody here have a problem with someone else's sin towards you? That you have trouble covering it so you don't see it anymore? Or does it tend to always kind of pop up and remind you that that really bothers me? Can, are you capable of taking something and covering it? Are you able, as God's children, to cover something, to no longer see what's under it? Are you able to do that? Am I the only one that struggles with this? So when I see hatred stirs up, stirs up strife, I say, well, I, I'm not in a place of hatred. I don't hate the person. But it says, but love covers all sin. Now, I don't know about you, is that, does that strike kind of a match to say, okay, there's, there's something the Word is telling me I'm capable of doing with His love that I don't quite know how it's done. Am I, is anybody with me today? So, so I take this verse, and it leads us into 1 Peter 4.8. It says, above all things, have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. So even in Peter's book, we see that he declares that there's some type of covering over things that can, and it's sin. I don't know about you, if God don't like it, I don't like it, right? If God hates sin, I'm allowed to hate sin, right? Which means that if I hate it, I would like to cover it, but can I cover it so it's not seen anymore? Question it, am I capable as a person to cover sin so that I can't, it has no bearing on me anymore, has no control over me anymore, because I've covered it. It's gone. It's covered. It's sealed. Are you able to do that with one another? Now, this is brothers and sisters in the church. These are brothers and sisters over the authority of Christ Jesus, okay? So we'll talk about it in the church, like Peter does. In the church, is it possible to come to a place that sin can literally be covered, that you cannot see it anymore, you cannot feel it anymore, it has no bearing, it has no shackle on you. When someone sins against you, you have ability to totally forgive it. Can you do that? question is, are you capable of doing it? Can you do it? Do you have enough power in the Holy Spirit to do it? Yes or no? So let's go into this. Above all things, above all things, 
have fervent. So what is the most important thing in the church? Above all things, have fervent love for. So what you should see when you enter a building or church that calls himself a church of Jesus, you should see above all things, love. Above all else. Now, I don't know about you. I enjoy coffee. I enjoy the donuts in the back. Enjoy all the things here in, in, in the socializing and all the good stuff of the church. Above all, what should be here? And what should love look like? What should it look like? It should say that all sin, if you come into the church, has a capability of being totally covered. Totally covered. That means if someone comes in off the street, gives herself to Jesus, gives them over to Jesus, maybe right here gets saved in this house, as soon as they become in the children of God, in the family of God, are you capable of covering the sin in yourself? Isn't it good that Jesus forgives all sin? Isn't that good? So Jesus can. The Father can. As soon as you say yes to him, he's able to do what? He covers it. Question is, are you able to? Can you cover it? Can you let go? What if someone followed you in that you knew that had hurt you before, that had sinned against you? You see them coming in the church, and as soon as you see them, you're like, oh, that's, I, I remember. As soon as that person would make their well down and to reach for the garment of Jesus, to be healed, to be saved at this altar, are you capable of that moment to let it cover, to let it fully cover over? Can you do that? That they would be forgiven. Not only God forgives all sin, that you can allow that cover to happen. That you don't even know it's there. That you don't hold that against them. That you don't label them. Well, weren't you the one that did this yesterday? See, what Jesus says it's covered, is it not covered? Can you say, that doesn't matter anymore. All things become new. So let's go on a journey today. Can we do that? I believe that there is something in Proverbs. I believe there's a capability of something being totally covered. I believe Peter understands this and then commands it or gives us that verse in 1 Peter that says, above all things, let there be love in the church so when someone comes, there can be a total covering. Who, who would like their sins totally covered and not one person hold it against you? How many people just yesterday messed up and fell short, found themselves at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, thank you. And you felt his love and Jesus picked you up and said, he's got me. How many people felt that before? Maybe it wasn't yesterday, but you felt it this week. And then come to church and someone say, hmm, did you? Did you? How many people want that finger at you? Or would they like say, well, Jesus did, can't you? See, we want to come to a place. See, here's where fervent love comes. If the church is supposed to have fervent love for one another, what must we do? We need to learn how to cover so that we can have church the way it's supposed to be. That we can come in a place and know that it can be. Can all sin be covered, yes or no? And can you come to a place that you could trust that everybody in here that may know you can say, mm -mm, Jesus covers all, and I have too.
I cover it. I no longer have anything. It has no grip in me. There's no hooks coming into this flesh. I can say, no, it's covered. Jesus covered it. It's covered. You have been forgiven, and I forgive you. Can you do that today? See, that's the key. And so when we look at this, now, I don't know about you. Has anybody been to a wedding before? I've been to weddings before. I've been to a lot of weddings before, and some of those I officiated. Some of those marriages aren't even still together. That's a different story. We won't go there. But isn't it just beautiful? Isn't it today just, we spend hours together planning. Th- and how many people have ever planned a wedding today? Anybody ever planned a wedding? It takes about six months working hard, right? You get this lined up and this. We spend so much time in getting things lined up. For what? I don't, I'm not quite sure. It wouldn't be great if the Bible actually said, this is how you do a wedding, step one, step two, step three. It wouldn't be great that you just follow that instead of spending all that money to entertain everybody to let them know that my daughter and my son-in-law just got married and whatever that may be. Anyway, that's a different story too. But here's the thing. Church is supposed to be this beautiful thing. It's supposed to be like the love that that people have for one another is supposed to be above all. And guess what happens is that marriages, they have this beautiful 1 Corinthians, what is it? 1 Corinthians 13. And they want someone to read that for them. I said, okay, let's read it. What is 1 Corinthians 13 about? And so when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, you'll say, well, I love the way this sounds and listen to it. You might even have some readers that say, well, at this point in 4 and 5, it says love is patient. Is that good? Would you like patience in your marriage? Yes, it's a good thing. And so love is patient. And, and someone who's getting married, even those people of the world would say, ah, I think patience is an important thing in a marriage. I would love you to be more patient. I'll be more patient. We'll come together. We'll make this thing work. Then you say love is kind. Is kindness good in a marriage? Yeah, can everybody agree that that's a good thing? Even people in the world would think kindness is a good thing in marriage. So cannot everybody in the world read this and say patient and kind. I like that. Makes sense. Even though they may not understand it. And then it goes on, love does not have envy. Should we envy in our marriage? Should there be people that want to be reaching for things they they don't have and, oh, I want that, I'm I'm envious that you have this? Can that work in a marriage? Husband and wife, envious? No, can't. So the world can agree with you. Yeah, enviness is not good. It should not be boastful. Does anybody have somebody in your family that boasts? hands up. They're elbowing one another. Boasting. It's not good. Boasting about something like, oh, for heaven's sakes, here we go again. Let's let's lift them up. There they want to be. Boast. Not good. World can say it's not good either. Boasting's not good. And arrogant. Is arrogance a good thing in a marriage? (laughs) Oh, we won't go there either. It's just, but people of the world can agree that these are not good in a marriage. So you can read this at a marriage ceremony of the world, and they would still say, mm, yeah, yeah, hold hands. Oh, we're going to do this. We are in this thing, honey. We're going to do this and make this last. Mm, doesn't that sound good? It is not self-seeking. It's not irritable. It does not keep records of wrong. All of a sudden, something starts to switch. Something starts to switch. And this is where most people don't realize If you know this part right here, as it switches, then you'll realize what the first one meant. And so when we talk about love, what we want to see in the church is fervent love. 
is far different than the world knows, right? It cannot fabricate it. It will never know it until it... Until the world knows Jesus, until you know him, can you ever be able to do what Jesus asked us to do? Can I cover this sin? No, but with Jesus, I can. I can cover that and it'd be gone, you see? So in this, it starts to change. Something happens in verse 6. So what is that? Verse 6 says, love finds no joy in unrighteousness but rejoices in the truth. Something just shifted. You see it? Unrighteousness and truth. Righteousness. Unrighteousness is violation of God's standards. If you don't know him, there's no standards. There's no unrighteousness. There's just attack and there's fight and there's I. And, and if there's Truth, God's spoken standards. You see, things just shift, and you realize how important the truth of God's word is and how I should respond to that truth, how I should do. How do I treat my spouse based on the truth of God? How do I step in righteousness to treat my wife as a prize? For the word says, I'm to love her as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. Now truth changes something in the midst of a promise, doesn't it? And so we realize this kind of love cannot be achieved without Christ. Never could. It should never be written or read. should never be read at a wedding that the two that say yes to it don't understand the truth of it. Right? So what is this love like? So those who are ready to get married, if you want 1 Corinthians 13... You know, wonderful. And whoever reads it, wonderful. But if you don't understand it, what are you really saying? Are you ready to make the vow? Is the vow for the other person? And as you say this, as you, as you read this and have it read over you, like 1 Corinthians 13 means I will be patient. I will be kind. I will not envy. I will not be boastful. And I will never treat you with unrighteousness. And I always will treat you with truth. See, there's a big difference. And that shift right there. So let's go on. Let's go on. This next one is interesting. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. These words are strictly from righteousness, not from a stance of unrighteousness. These are ones based on truth and not those things you fabricated. So now everything changes. You see this? And so what we want to do is this. I want to know what does it mean to bear? What does it mean to bear all things? Bear all things. The actual word is tego, stego, whatever, you know, whatever it is in Greek. To cover closely, to place under a roof, to cover over with a roof. Figuratively to endure because it is shielded and not made known. That's what it means. So really to bear is to cover and to completely seal. It's like a waterproof seal. If I didn't have that sealed, I'd be afraid to do that. But if I open it and did that same thing, you get splattered with all kinds of good things I got in here. So to seal means it is impossible to, it did leak, didn't it? Well, I guess this is not as good as I thought. And, and it's impossible for it to leak. 
It's sealed tight, never to be exposed, to be revealed, right? And so are we capable of doing that with sin toward one another? That's the real question. Can marriages be better off knowing what really is happening when they endure or bear, in this case, all things? Are we willing to do that in our marriages? If those who've just been recently married, if I were to ask you the question, how is marriage going? And you say, well, it's great. It's wonderful. Have you been able to bear all things? If you can't do it in your house, how can you do it in church? Well, we're worse at home than we are here. That means you're faking it here and being your real self at home. So really, this should be a great marriage right here. Like the bridegroom and his bride. And so if we really look at what love should be, should we not get a better feel for what that is? I have fallen way short of love. I'm the first one to say that I have, if I really look at it close enough. Have you, can we, can we learn together? Can we open our hearts together today? Can we say, God, I know you're the God of change. And Lord, if I can, if I can learn from you, if I can learn truth and write it in the hearts, of my, in the tablet of my heart, Father, I too can learn how to really love. Let's not fake it anymore. Let's be it. And I believe today, if we open our hearts to this kind of love, we will see a different kind. You know, again, I'll say this. I, I love this church. I absolutely see. When I look today, I was, I was emotionally a wreck back there, if you didn't realize that. I was because I saw God move. And when Paul says, I can rejoice because of the fervent love you have for one another, I know this. There is love in this place. And like my wife would say, there's times I know for sure that there is love that is contagious when someone responds and someone goes up. And that is the most beautiful thing. That's what it's supposed to be. Now, some may not understand this, and you stand by afar, but I'm telling you, I invite you today to be part of something that's special, something that is good. It says to confess your sins to one another so that you be healed. There is power in coming together and speaking over each other, is it not? So there's something right here now that I want to do. Has anybody ever been to a pool before? No? I just, yeah, you got a pool in your backyard. I just love pools. When I was a kid, I used to get on a bike, and I lived out in the country, so I had to pedal my bike all the way down to town, which is Columbiana, big town. Y'all been there before. And they got this beautiful pool called the Firestone Pool. And I used to go down there on days that I didn't have any chores after I got my chores done. And I'd be sweating. By the time I get there in the summer, you're like, that pool looks so good. You could hardly, you know, you had to go through here, get your ticket, and you run in here, change, and then fly to the pool. And by the time you got there, you didn't mess up. You, 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 you weren't taking your time and saying, well, you know, I'm going to sit down and get some sun. I'm just, what do I do? I get there, first thing I want, I, get, I don't even remember parking my bike. I don't know where it was. I remember going in, get my ticket, getting in a changing real quick, and going right to that pool. And where was I going? Right to the water. I went to the pool for the water because I am in a summer hot day, and I've been sweating, and I want some pool. 
So get out of my way. I'm coming through. And you jump in. It's like, oh, isn't it awesome? Now, have you ever been with somebody that has not, it's not there with you? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I, I didn't work all day, and, and I just got dropped off. My mom just dropped me off. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not there. I got to lay in the sun and get ready for the pool. And you're ready to jump in. So I'm going to take my time. And you're like, come on. You grab their hand. You're like, you've got to come to this pool. You've got to feel what's in the water. You've got to know how refreshing it is. Don't you hate a friend that wants to do that? Let's just sit down. Let's go get a hamburger. Well, then you've got to wait a half hour after you got done eating it because you don't want to drown in the water. And you're doing all these, you know, arithmetic in your head. You're like, no, we're going now. You grab them by the hand and say, let's go. But you find somebody that feels the same way about the water. And you can't wait. Well, they're maybe a little hesitant on the high dive. Wait to get to that water. And as you jump in, you both celebrate in it. Have you ever been there before in your walk? Knowing what you have is so refreshing. And you're with somebody that's hesitant. They're not sure what to take that step. You're like, come on, get your hand, let's go. You've got to taste this. You've got to get a hold of this. You've got to be a part of this. You've got to feel this. And that's what it's like in church sometimes. You have this dimension where some people are like, yes, and the other people are like, I'm just not sure yet. I'm just not sure if I can do that. Don't th- I don't think I can jump in. But I know one thing. I'm going to take it to a verse here real quick, and then we're going to close. James tells us about this. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way shall save his soul from death and will cover, will cover a multitude, a multitude of sin. Oh, the power that we have. Do you understand me? That means you're so excited about this pool, this place of refreshing, this place to jump into. You don't understand how good the Father is. You don't know. And that you have a chance to. This is what we got to look at. Jesus will leave the 99 for the why. It's called love. If we really love one another, we're not going to let you be where you are. If you're not in the water, you see what I'm, if you're not in the refreshing water, if you're not in that place, then we want to take you there. We want to know that we can take your hand and say, you know, jump with, but they jump together. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were better at those things rather than impatient about, oh, well, I don't know. If you don't get this, if you don't get this truth, then I guess that's your thing. That's your thing. Instead, take them by the hand and learn. If you can turn your brother back, if you can... It's not a convincing thing. It's teaching truth in love and inviting them into something that may not even understand, but you're willing to take their hand. You're willing to, you're ready to mentor. You're ready to explain. You're ready to sit down. I don't see it. Can you go to the person and say, no, I know what you're capable, Jesus, of doing. I'm already there. I'm, all, I'm not going to hold that against them. You see, I know that Jesus can cover, and I'm already forgiven. Can you do that with someone who's hurt you? 
Can you be the example of what it means to cover? Can you say, oh, I've forgiven you. If I'm able to do that, what I'm actually doing is taking them by the hand and saying, no, we'll jump together. Come on. You don't understand. I do. Give me your hand. And as I jump, we both do. See, there is so much incredible power that you have by what you know to be true. This is what it talks about in the church. This isn't the fervent love for one another. This is how it covers a multitude of sin. This is the power you have. You can forgive, choose to forgive today, even if the person's not even willing to accept it. You can do it by his love, his power, because you know the covering. Can you do it today? That's a challenge for me. I'm praying, Father, will you show me? Can you, can you lead me in these places that I can take the hand? Instead of saying, oh, I know what you need to do. You need Jesus. I know that. But instead of just like pointing my hand at a distance and say, you need Jesus. And I'm here if you want to come. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here at the altar. You know, this is a good place to be. What would be more? Nah, I know what needs to happen. I got to go to someone, and I got to be willing to forgive. I've got to be willing to cover them. I got to be the example of what it means to forgive. Because if I can do that, what better invitation is it for that person to take you by the hand and says, No, I'll jump with you because you have forgiven me. You are working in the Father's love. See, that's the power that we have. Does that make sense today? Does it make sense how we're supposed to do this? And you say, well, I can't, for, I can't forgive them. If the Father doesn't forgive them, I can't. Really? I want to be part of a church body that improves in this way. I want to improve in this way. I want to be able to take the hand of my brothers and sisters that may be going astray, that may be not knowing, and they're in something. Instead of me going, well, you need to change this, I'll check back with you next week. Here's a scripture to read. You know that you're wrong because the scripture says you're wrong, but we have enough of that. We need to learn how to do it right. We need to learn how to cover. Let's be the example. This church body, let's be the example of what it means to cover. Can, through Christ's love, through his love, can you cover can you forgive through his power? Can you? And look at the power. If you're able to do that, what an invitation to jump in. What an invitation for them to go, wow, because you care, you take them by hand, let's both jump in. Let's do it. Father, thank you that you're God that hears the cries of your people. Father, this is speaking to the church body. These are us. You're not talking about those sinners out there that don't know you. You're talking about in the church. You're talking about a place like this. There are people in this place that feel abused and beat up. They've been pointing their finger at. They've been saying, you need to get your life right. And they've been hurt. Because we haven't learned how to cover things. And we're holding on to those things. And we're saying, you need to get your life right. And we're not willing to take them by the hand. Father, would you teach this church... Would you teach me, Father, how to be a better representation of your love? Your love is unconditional. Your love is everlasting. And so, Father, I pray today that we will learn how to cover things, that we would be able to go to someone instead of 
pointing out what is wrong is an invitation to jump in the river of water, the merciful water, the merciful water of grace. And Father, that's what they need. They need someone to take them by the hand. And so, Father, I pray that we be better hand holders than finger pointers. Father, that's what you want from us. And I pray, God, today, for those who gave their life to Jesus, what a beautiful invitation to your throne. And those who said, yeah, I, I want to reach in. Lord, I know you, but I just don't know what I'm doing right now. I, I, a beard or, Lord, I just, today, Father, is the day. And I pray for the rest of us that we would be better, fervent lovers of our brothers and sisters in this church. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. Your word says you're here, and you're going to do your very thing in us. In Jesus' name.